Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. Story-wise, if you're going to do a puzzle box, it has to be something that makes sense that there would be a mystery in there. The paper, believe it or not, is very important. Um, and having a lot of different kinds of paper, you know, I'll do parchment paper and cardstock and different things. Um, it, it creates a lot of interest and makes the box more fun. Hey, quick question before we get started. Would you like to win a free piece of clothing from Snowman Films and a 30-minute chat about your creative journey with me? I know that I would love to connect with you, and I know that I would have loved to talk with somebody who had experienced a similar path when I was getting started. So let's make it happen. Here's what you need to do. Subscribe to the Conversations with Creators podcast, rate and review and share it in just five easy steps. First, write a review on your preferred podcasting platform and rate it. Five stars for good karma. Then, screenshot your review and share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films. Each month, I'll select one random winner to receive a free piece of clothing from our store and a 30-minute virtual coaching call with me. Again, subscribe, write a review, rate the show, screenshot that review, share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films, and get entered into a drawing for that one-on-one -on -one virtual session with me and some free swag. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I really appreciate you, and I'm excited to see you in our one-on-one -on -one virtual call soon. Now, let's dive into today's episode. So the big question is this, how are creators like us who aren't built for the nine to five, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Creatives. I am Noah Mittman. I am a filmmaker. I'm a podcaster. I'm a clothing brand designer, all this stuff. And I'm so excited to have on the show Tracy Nicholas, who is a board game designer, which I am absolutely fascinated by. <laughs> So tell me, first of all, give me the history. How did you get into designing board games? Well, um, I had gotten a promotion at my job. And so I was like, I think I'm going to treat myself. So I just happened to see a, uh, on, on, there was a Facebook ad and it was for a game that was like an escape room, right? And so I thought, oh, that'll be fun. And, you know, I ordered it and I played the game and discovered, like, when I got to the end of it, I thought, oh, well, that was really okay. And I thought, you know, I could do better. Um, and so I just sort of, you know, at a certain point thought, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to, I just, I'm going to dive in. So I just started doing my research and I just jumped in and that was it. And, and it's a lot of fun um, 
And, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've been doing it now since 2017 um, and just loving it. Wow. How, what, uh, have you had any success with it? Like, do you have any games out? Yeah. Uh, at this point, I have two series out. Uh, the first series is called The Resistance, um, and it's in a subscription box model. And so The Resistance is a 12-month series, and it is based on uh, stories of resistance throughout history. Um, and so those stories, there's a story that's about like Gandhi's salt march. There's a story about um, suffragettes, various you know stories from all over the world. The second series is called The Craft. And those stories are all based on folklore and myth from around the world. Sorry. <laughs> cool. No, I get it. I got kids. <laughs> He's usually sleeping this kind of day. <laughs> That's sweet. Right? Yeah, and I try to, I always try to schedule the podcast for when they're either asleep or with my wife. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be perfect because usually he's crashed out, but of course. First. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> so that's that's awesome yeah so okay so you because i saw you said escape room style so it's not if you're not designing escape rooms it's the style of games right so you Correct. get a box shipped to you and then when you open it up it's a bunch of puzzles and ciphers and a little bit of a lead into the story so you understand um, with a, a little bit of instruction in the opening letter of uh, what, you know, where we point you. Then you have to look through the box and really figure out what you can do. You know, is there a website address you can go to? Is there a phone number? Um, is there a puzzle you have to solve first that you can solve without any other input? So part of the fun is figuring out what it is that you have to do. So then there, there are also artifacts in the box. So sometimes it'll be like a scarf or, you know, just different various things that go along with the story. And sometimes those have puzzles on them. Sometimes they don't and they're just in there for fun. Uh, and so then, you know, it's, it, you can play it solo. You can play it with up to six people. I think the sweet spot, if you want to play it with a team, is like between two and four people. Nice. For, yeah, for the ultimate experience. That's that's awesome. So, yeah, so, so it's like a mailed out subscription thing that takes you on a journey with it. Exactly. And and so you, you can get one month if you want, if you just want to buy one box. But um, it when I first wrote The Resistance, it did have an overarching storyline. And so with every box that you got, you got the next piece of the story. And what I found... Yeah was it was a lot of um, logistics to make sure they got, you know, each person, no matter when they ordered, got the story in the right order. And I also found that nobody cared that much about it. So I stopped the overarching storyline. Um, and yeah, now it's every box is standalone. So if you just want to play one, you can. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You could literally just have fun with one or you could have, you know, make it a thing and it's a new experience each time. Exactly. So, and we're just about That's to awesome. come out with a... So what, what do you think? So what, oh, sorry, go for it. <laughs> I was going to tell you, we're just going to, just about to come out with a third series based on a um, set of 
uh, well, a, a, a set of stories that were written by author Todd Fonstock, and it's called The Tower of the Four. So this is a slightly different model for us, where we're taking work that is written and kind of figuring out how to make them, you know, interesting and fun, and you have to puzzle through some things to, to get the story. Nice. That's cool. And that, I mean, it sounds like it could really, you could grow to just incorporate anything into kind of these, you know, with that gamification of stories. I think that, that's super cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. I think that the hard part gets to be, for me as a creator, it, you know, there's a limited number of types of puzzles out there. And so, and I want to make sure that people are having fun and not just getting repetitive, like, you know, this box has three ciphers. And, and also there are certain kinds of puzzles, like, like I would never have a very long, you know, page long of a cipher because the fun of a cipher is breaking the code. It's not then tediously going through and having to solve, you know, 300 words in that cipher. Right. Yeah, still, still like accessible, but it's, you know, the, that's actually an interesting kind of balance is like accessible but also challenging right and one of the things that i really try and focus on and and i've noticed and i've noticed this and it's bothered me in other games because of course i play a lot of these um is that i try and put different kinds of puzzles in every box because everybody thinks a little bit differently and so some of them are easier, some of them are more difficult. And, you know, like lots of times, I, I had a play tester who was dyslexic. And so he would be, you know, really lost on some of the cipher kind of things. But then there were other kinds of puzzles where they'd be, you know, based on numbers or, and he'd just look at it and go, here's the answer. You would just, you know, so everybody's a little bit different, which is what makes it more fun to play in a group because then you can all, you know, build off of each other's strengths. Yeah, totally. The, that's where the, that's where the multiplayer kind of thing comes in and makes it fun. Exactly. Um, and, and so the other thing that we have for every box, there's a website that has um, a series of hints so, you know, if you get, if you do get stuck, you can go through that. Then if you open up the next set, it's like, here's how you solve this puzzle. And if you still don't get it and you're just like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about this puzzle anymore. Then we give you the solution because, you know, if you get stuck, it's not fun anymore. And so we don't ever want anyone to get stuck. Right, right. That's no, great. That's actually, uh, that kind of leads well into my next kind of question, which is what are like three key elements to a good game in your opinion uh i would say that it it has to be quickly and easily understood on how to play the game um if i have to spend an hour reading you know the rules and the i, I i'm already lost I've, i'm like i've had my second glass of wine yeah. and so i don't care anymore <laughs> yeah, exactly you're <laughs> always drinking <laughs> yeah. um so yeah it, and it has to be engaging um without being overly difficult you know um i think that if it's too complex and it it just it gets bogged down and i like it 
I don't like it. Sorry. Um, is that two or three? <laughs> and I, I think that was good. <laughs> it, has to be, it has to be right for the crowd. Um, and, you know, I find that when I first started this and I was I, I would have parties for to have people come over and test the game before I sold it. And there are people who are not puzzle people. They're like, I liked coming over, uh, but can we play Cards Against Humanity next time? Sorry. You know, so it has to, it has to be a good fit for the people who, you know, so they enjoy it. Right. But I like that because it kind of uh, lets you gather the right group of people. Like, you know, you have different friends that like different things. So if you can like, it's kind of fun to gather the right people that will actually like have a good time with it. And that's there's almost strategy in that, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that it's it's interesting because we sell a lot of the boxes as gifts, uh, particularly around the holidays. And I I find it interesting the number of people who really do come back and subscribe. Because, um, you know, it's, it, it would be a hard gift to send somebody because you don't like I don't know if my friends like puzzles or not until I ask them. Um, but, but yeah, it seems like a lot of people, you know, they, they get one and they're like, oh, I didn't know this even existed, but it's cool. So, you know, they, they sign up then. Yeah, totally. It's something you didn't know you needed until you have a really good time with it. And then you're hooked. Yeah. And so when, when I design it, I, I wanted, I want there to be value in the box. And a lot of people who buy subscription boxes, they want, you know, stuff. And this isn't, this is mostly paper when, when the box comes to you. So where I try and really make sure that there's value is in the, the gameplay. I want it to last a couple of hours. Um, I don't want it to last six hours because then, you know, everybody needs to go home. Um, but, but yeah, I, I want to make sure that it's engaging um, without being, you know, without bogging people down. And it it's, can be hard to find that balance. So, okay, so, because you said you also, did you design board games as well, or is this kind of what, the, the the style of game that you design in general? This is the style of game that I design. Um, I Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I play a lot of board games, I like board games, um, but, but this one is sort of my sweet spot, because um, I like to do the writing, and there's less writing in a board game, there's less story. And I like the stories. I, I love folklore. Um, I, I really liked doing the historical research. And although I do fictionalize some of the stories, I, particularly on the folklore side, I really do stick to what is historically accurate, if it is known. Yeah, that makes sense. No, because it's, if it's based in fact, if it's based in real, um, that's it's more grounded. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, I guess it can be, um, to your point, it can be confusing because we we fall kind of under board games. It's it's definitely a different style. Um, but when you're talking about it, it's this, like, board game is the closest to what this is, where you sit down, you spread out your stuff, and you play the game. Um, and it's not, it's not a dice game. It's not, you know. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, it's getting more popular now when i first started this really people didn't know about this genre at all but now there's a lot more players in the game in the past six years and so a lot more people are aware of it 
And it also helped that during the lockdown, um, all those people who love escape rooms were stuck at home. And so they were desperately looking for, you know, something to replace that experience with. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think my first, when I first kind of heard about something like this, it was like a murder mystery in a box where you can kind of follow through and like, you know, that's, that's the one I know. Actually, that's perfect into my next question, which is like, other than obviously the one that you've created, what are your favorite ones that you've seen of this style? Ooh, that's a hard one. And, and you are right that most of the boxes out there are murder mystery because those are pretty formulaic and easy to create um, because, you know, you have to eliminate the suspects and then, you know, figure out who done it. Um, so I would say I think that the Deadbolt Mystery Society does a really good job um their their stuff is is nice and they um you know the boxes are well put together and it's you know you get it and it feels exciting when you open it up uh, do i have i don't know that i have three favorites um because part <laughs> yeah or just give me like give me yeah maybe just one more uh let's see there's the scarlet envelope um and that one I like because it's, it really is just an envelope. You, you get, you know, the, the, a red envelope mailed to you. And so it's a lower price point and I think it's pretty accessible. Uh, it's, you know, quick, easy games when I, whenever I get those. Um, and so if I just want something that I'm going to sit down by myself and play for an hour, that's a great one. Awesome. That's super cool. Um, so I also, to kind of switch gears a little bit, I see that you do pencil sketches. Um, what's, uh, what's like one of the recent ones that you've made that you're uh, most proud of? Uh, I'm in the middle of one right now. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, my... That is sweet. You're actually pretty pixelated on my view, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to end up. It's going to end up being a, a black dog with a kind of skull mask on. Not Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Okay. I think I saw, I think I saw a post from either. It was like, it was like in process. Yeah. 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 Um, and part, yeah. part of why I sketch is because I, I fear the day um, and I, I want to keep my skills up, but I fear the day that I'm going to be writing a game and I can't find an image to go with it. And so I'm like, I gotta, sure. I can't get rusty because if I have to create something, it's gonna be a lot of pressure. No, always staying sharp is real. That's kind of, we all have to do that, right? You always have to be ready to, to jump in when you need to. <laughs> um, I, I was gonna say, I, I think it's, it, it's interesting because you never know exactly what you're gonna have to do when you're designing a game. You know, I don't know if I'm going to have to, you know, find an image online. I don't know if I'm going to have to run across the the park over here to go down to the, the banks of the canal so I could take pictures because I've had to do that. Um, so, yeah, you just never know. That's awesome. That, like, that level of creativity where you just kind of are using whatever you have access to uh, to make a story. There's so much. I think that's just, like, across 
creative careers in general, there's so much of that. Yep. So um, how does kind of sketching satisfy something different within you creatively from game design? Uh, I think that it's it doesn't have to follow a story. Um, and I, I enjoy it it, because it's, it's relaxing, um, and, but, but it's free form and I don't have to, you know, like, like I've tried the, you know, adult coloring books and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I, I just, I like that I can sit and do that. And I almost always have a podcast going in the background. Um, so I can listen and I, I can't just, I can't just sit and listen to a podcast. I have to be doing something. So drawing is nice. I do a little bit of jewelry making, uh, and you know, I just sit and craft and have fun with it. And that's, that's kind of how I decompress. What are your, uh, what are your top podcasts while you're, while you're doing that? Uh, my number one podcast is the folklore podcast. Um, and, uh, I, I discovered it when I was doing research for the craft series and I listened to like all of them straight the way through. I was listening to them constantly and, uh, I got to the end of it and it was so upsetting. I was like, there's no more. I have to wait now. It was like the, you know, the days of like going from you know, binge watching today to back to, you know, network TV where you had to wait a week for your show. It was terrible. Uh, so that's my top. It's so rough. Yeah. And then there is, uh, one called, uh, folklore with icy Sedgwick and she's, you know, a re folklore researcher and she has like real short, like 15 minute episodes. So if I'm just, you know, wanting something quick, I like that one. And then I think my other I would put on the list is Bone and Sickle, which I had a lot of fun with, but I don't know that they're making it anymore. So. Okay. What is, so do you say you already did a folklore game or you're working on one? Well, the craft series, that's a 12 box series as well. And those are based on folklore. So I was doing research because I didn't want it to be completely U.S. centric. So I wanted to get stories from around the world that I maybe necessarily wasn't familiar with. And so um, the host of the Folklore podcast, Mark Norman, he is a researcher. So his work is and, and it's it's pretty broad. So I got to hear a lot of different stories from all over the world and that really sparked my imagination um so that's the the craft what are uh what are some of the stories that are that are included in the craft like what are uh uh let's see there's, favorite there's uh well so there's one about anansi the spider king uh from africa or, sorry spider god cool. And then I have one from Ireland called Dergadu, and that is a an Irish vampire. I like that one quite a bit. Oh, uh, let me think. Uh, Anubis. Okay. There's one about Anubis. Uh, then I have a couple more freeform. There's one on curses and divination. And uh, let's see. Oh, 
I remember them all. That's super fun. Yeah, and and oh, there's like my October box is about Baba Yaga. Uh, sorry, Baba Yaga, the uh, Russian. It's a it's a she's a witch, and it's a Russian folktale. So you know, trying to get it from all over the world and just different kinds of stories, different kinds of folklore. I kind of honestly, I, that interests me more than like a murder mystery because it's not just, you know, the whodunit, but it's like you're also through this process learning about these different folklores and maybe even feeling like you're traveling a little bit because you get to know other cultures and, you know, there's now, you know, even now with what with uh, with Christmas and Krampus, like that's kind of a recent thing that has been popularized and you again you feel like you understand that culture a little bit better right right yeah i, I try and be which is part of what traveling gives to you exactly i try and be true to the original stories and it it does for for me it is a, it's more interesting than the murder mysteries um and we do have a couple of partnerships with some different um homeschooling organizations some different game schoolers uh, which I didn't even know game schooling was a thing until I started doing this. I didn't either. Yeah, they 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 even have a yearly conference. Um, but but yeah, there are a wow. lot of uh, there's a group of people who really think that this is a you know unique and beneficial way to learn, and they really do focus on games for for much of their teaching. Well, I mean, think about like you know back in the day, Oregon Trail. Like we all learned so much about that process because of that. Game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in that time in history, yeah, that's. I think that's a fit. I I love that as a learning a way to teach learn you know, to teach things and to have learning be done because I think I think gamifying anything is well again like you got Jeopardy you have any game show like it's a lot of, of like fact based so I uh, that's really cool to uh, to spread learning like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I actually was playing a board game with my friends a couple weeks ago. And it's called Wise and Otherwise. And it's sort of an obscure game. And I found it years ago. And it was, you. there are quotes from all over the world. That, you know, just like sort of the quotes that different cultures have. And so it'd be these, you know, these sayings. And it would be like, you know, don't stand next to a donkey. And like, you know, and you'd have to like, th there would be an answer. There'd be an actual end to it. But you'd have to write your own ending. And then you'd turn it all in to the person reading it and they'd read all the endings and you had to guess which one was correct, which was, you know, the actual saying. <laughs> and it was really hard. <laughs> I didn't get it right very much. <laughs> That's crazy. But it was <laughs> like Mad Libs, but it's actually real. Yeah. And it, it was definitely fun to hear these different quotes. And some of them, we were all like scratching our heads like, what does that even mean? Um so, so yeah, definitely learning about the world around you. Oh, the, I, okay. I do have another favorite box. Um, it's called Finders yeah. Seekers. And Finders Seekers is, it, it does, it takes you to like different locations and you sort of explore the area with that one. So it's, it's good. It's for a little bit younger crowd. I would say my games are eh, probably 14 and up. Uh, although I do have a game tester who's... 12 or she was 12 and she was just fine but this is the finder seekers i think is for younger kids to sort of teach them about different parts of the world so that's nice 
No, I love that. I love, I mean, and again, like even for history making, I think that was probably one of my least favorite subjects in school, just because of like the way that it was taught. It was, you know, whole, whole whiteboard full of notes plus a lecture. And you have to memorize these dates rather than let's have fun and let's go like travel back and, and, you know, you have a specific like thing to do with this, but it's within it's within this story and within this time. I think that's a I, that's way more interesting way to learn about uh, history in other countries and all that stuff. Well, it's crazy to me that and and I found history very boring too in school, and and that is is insane because it's like it's all stories. It's it, everything about it are just stories, and it's to be distilled down to a point where the the human interaction part of it is sort of taken out and you're memorizing dates that don't really matter. Um, I, I, I was really struck by um, the, the show Turn. And the show Turn was, I mean, it was the, the, the Culper Ring. And, and I actually have a box on the Culper Ring. But it was fascinating because it wasn't just like, okay, well, you know, here were the spies in the ring and here's what they did. It, it, no, it's, it's got like a deep dive into those stories. And it, it was, I was thinking to myself while watching it, you know, this is the same history that I hated back in the day. And I am, you know, right. an adult and I'm watching it of my own volition and enjoying it. Well, now, see, I'm interested and intrigued. What is the Culper Ring? Oh, the Culper Ring uh, was a ring of spies um, under George Washington that were passing information, you know, back and forth. And they were, you know, trying to stay under the radar of the, the British Army. And so there was, uh, there was Anna Strong, and there was um they all they all went by number and they had aliases and they were very they were instrumental in winning the war so that's really cool and no and i mean that's that's way more interesting than yeah exactly memorizing dates and wars and whatever like you if you actually like dive that's i think that's part of why like historical video games are so popular and like it's just it's exciting like you you know going back into like world war ii or whatever um you probably learn more from a uh shoot 'em up video game if they have actually like facts in there than you would from just reading a textbook exactly um and i'm also right now i'm reading the book lies my teacher told me about all of the things that like you know history in in the u.s all the things that we were taught that they got completely wrong and that it's really fascinating wow yeah that's actually that's that's a that's a really i I may need to we're we're uh, we're homeschooling our kids with uh online uh you know we're not teaching them but we're like monitoring while they do online classes and uh that sounds like a really cool book to kind of dive into to um a to kind of add to that yeah, it's it's great. Um, it uh, it's it's a good read. It's enjoyable, and it's very eye opening. I bet. I mean, because yeah, that's there's been some famous stuff that's uh, like in the news that like you know they're teaching that's just completely false. Um, and that's uh, I shouldn't be allowed. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really it's it's really sad that you know we have things i just finished the a chapter on christopher columbus and 
it was like, ooh, we we really really should not have a Columbus Day as a holiday. Like, <laughs> we should not be celebrating that dude. Not a good, not a good, uh, not a good person to make statues of. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, kind of on the uh, on the business side of things, uh, I always I'm always interested in uh, how creatives are making their money because you know just to kind of spread the knowledge of how you can make money as a creative so where where does your money come from and is there multiple sources kind of what does your setup look like well i the sales platform that i use is a platform called subly and that is geared toward people that sell subscription boxes and so and i looked at a couple of different ones when i was you know doing my research I had originally gone with a company called Cratejoy, but they their main push on sales is they have created a community and they sell to their community. And so they see me not as a business owner with customers I'm selling to, they see me as a supplier. And so as time went on, it got harder and harder to make money because they were upping the percent they're like we're marketing so we're you know and so it was almost a quarter of the cost of my box that they were and and so there was just no way i could make money so i switched over to subly yeah uh but and i love those guys because they are focused on the subscription box owner as the customer to them so their customer service is better their prices are better um, and so I'm very happy with them. I have, so that's, that's really like where I make my money. When we launch the next series based on the tower of the four, uh, Todd, the, the author that we work, are working with, he will also sell the boxes through his avenues. So there'll be more than one way that we're selling then. But now that's, that's really the, the focus that we have and how we make our money. We advertise, uh, I've, we've done Facebook advertising, which wasn't hugely successful, um, but it's, you know, I'm working right now on my website's SEO and trying to, you know, doing the, you know, email marketing and all of that. So that's kind of how we draw the people in. That's awesome. And it's making enough money to kind of be your full-time thing? Yeah, I've been doing this full-time since 2017. Wow, that's so cool. That's uh oh congrats. I mean that's that's a you you made it. You <laughs> you have products that are selling. That's fantastic. Yeah, I do. I have a a sort of passion project that it keeps getting put on the back burner. I want to do a much higher end piece and it's what it's going to be. I I'm my working title is Grimoire and it's going to be as if you had like a relative, long lost relative that passed away and they sent you her stuff and you open it up and it's this like weird book of spells. And so you have to figure out who she was and, you know, why she was, had written down these crazy, you know, herbal remedies and all that kind of thing. And then it'll be the, throughout the book, it'll be infused with different puzzles and ciphers to, you know, help you have fun with the mystery, really. That sounds super fun. Yeah, it's it's been fun to design so far um, and doing research on, 
you know, old spells that, uh, you know, people were writing down, you know, in the 17 and 1800s. And, and so it's, it's fun, but like I said, it's a passion project and it always keeps getting pushed to the back burner. Do you have any like storytelling or design tips for somebody that's maybe looking to like get into something like this? Um, yeah, if you want to do a box like this, the, the, the paper, believe it or not, is very important. Um, and having a lot of different kinds of paper, you know, do parchment paper and cardstock and different things. Um, it, it creates a lot of interest and makes the box more fun. Uh, story-wise, you know, it, if you're gonna do a puzzle box, story-wise, it has to be something that makes sense that there would be a mystery in there. You know, it's like the, the Culper ring. They have to, you know, like, decipher things because they were keeping their information secret. So if it, there has to be, and like, we also have an underground railroad box. And on that one, you know, of course they are keeping the locations of the underground railroad secret. So you have to find your way, you know, and, and decipher everything because they didn't want to get caught. So it's always something that would make sense as far as why you would need a puzzle, because I see too many of them that just... They shoehorn in puzzles where they make no sense, and it just it mm. it it feels like yeah that was that was really forced, and it, then it's not fun. It, it takes you out of the story. No, that makes that makes total sense. It's like you need motivated puzzles. It's kind of like with so I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I love camera movement, but it's you. It's good. To, it's the best camera movement is motivated camera movement. Uh, that actually has a reason behind it. So, I mean, a similar thing with a puzzle, like not just a puzzle to have a puzzle, but like, oh, this makes sense to like figure something out right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because if you don't do that, then it's it's a series of just sort of random exercises that you have to work your way through. And that's no fun. Um, and And, you know, interestingly, I've seen boxes like from one end of the spectrum to the other where it's you know tons and tons of puzzles with you know barely a thread holding it together i've also seen them that are it's just this long rambling story that you're working your way through and there's one or two puzzles but you pretty much just read it um and and that was very much like the first box i got where i was i i thought when I finished the whole box, I thought to myself, what did I miss something? I had to miss something because this can't be it. And 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 it was, I, I emailed the company and I said, I, I feel really stupid, but clearly I've missed something. And they were like, no, you got it. I was like, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, finding that spot where it's enough puzzles, puzzles that make sense and a good solid story where you have real reasons to, you know. And that's why I say the murder mystery are a little bit more formulaic because it's a built-in, you don't have to figure out why it would make sense to have, you know, right. that kind of thing. It, it's like, if you're a murderer, you're not gonna be like, no, it was me, so. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, that's really good. Cause it, you know, at the end of the day, it's entertainment and it's trying to have a fun night. And, uh, if you, no, I mean that there, there's so many elements that go into that. That's, that's, uh, God, even thinking about like delivering that to somebody, uh, that's, that's, uh, well done. That's, that's cool. That's a high level thing. Well, it's, it's funny because when we first started out, we were sort of caught up in, you know, the, the romance of our thoughts around how we could make this really mysterious. And so we focused very hard on, you know, the box, when it came to your house, it just had a stamp on it and nothing else. So you didn't know, you know, who it was from. And we had a couple people that got gifts and they actually thought like it was something they they thought it was something nefarious so so we had to pull that off a little and make it more fun and more lighthearted so so yeah we did do a little rewriting of those early boxes it's like just even a little bit of context i don't know if i don't know how i'd feel about just a blank package showing up i agree yeah well and you know there there's a cover letter and so it says, you know, resistors, and then it, it describes it. Because each of the boxes for the resistance, which was our first series out, the craft came out a year later, but each of those boxes, the, the premise is we're going to have a resistance movement in this fictional world that we live in, and we need to gather our forces. And... So we're going to teach you about different kinds of resistance movements. So, you know, it was, there. there's one about the Italian Inquisition, and that one is hide in plain sight. And the premise there is that, that one of you, one of the people who is going to this big ball is the traitor that's turning people in and they're getting, you know, taken away and tortured. And so you have to figure out which person that is. And so you have to go to the ball and, you know, dance and have fun like nothing is wrong while you're while you're doing this. So that's, you know, the, 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 that's the premise that you're learning something different about how to resist. Um, and so and that was a lot of fun even figuring that out. Like, oh, there's nonviolent resistance. There's, you know, propaganda. There's the, the Luddites who ran around, you know, smashing the machinery. And so that was fun to to look at resistance in like the umbrella of resistance and how many different kinds there really are. Well, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put this in my list of things to pick up with to do with the kid uh, at varying ages because this is like I mean it's I think one of the coolest ways to a have fun but also like teach history and teach it's almost like uh, like the the passive viewing of version of this I feel like is like drunk history yeah. where they you know it's a true thing but it's like a fun context to learn about like I, I know that I've heard that they te- they, they show that at the schools now um, some a little bit to where you know you learn a very specific not just the general thing that happened but like a very specific story within the bigger uh, scheme of things which I think is so much more interesting and the other thing that it's not really obvious when you play the box but I tried very hard to get at least one really appropriate puzzle, like in our 
uh, Boudicca box that was, you know, that's set, you know, hundreds of years ago. And there is a puzzle that was invented in the time period that the box occurs in. And so, and, and it's, it's really interesting when you get into the history of puzzles and, and ciphers. Um, I, for one, found out as I was doing research for one of them, there is the, the game uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors is based on a much older game called The Fox, The Headman, and The Hunter. And so the headman um, beats the hunter because he's in charge of the village. The hunter kills the fox, um, and the fox outsmarts the headman. So, so yeah. It, and, the origins of rock paper scissors. That's awesome. Yep, yep. And and who knew that you know it's like this this kids game that everybody knows. And no, it was it and it was a card game, and you'd slap down your card of you know one of those three. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the origins of things is like forever interesting to me. Of like why there's uh, mirrors in bars or. Uh, you know, just all these different things of like where it came from. Uh, Why are there mirrors and bars? I wonder if there's still. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I got it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's because in the old west, um, you could see if somebody was coming up behind you to shoot you. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Just awareness. So like you could see behind you for safety, basically. <laughs> Well, now the next time I'm at a bar, I know that's no like where it's there's there's always a super interesting uh, origin of like sayings or games. I wonder if there's still uh, the original cards out there somewhere. Probably in a museum somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, um, but but yeah, you're right. The, the different the I think the most fun box I ever had researching was the Speakeasy box. Um, and researching the different slang of that era was so much fun. And I use it throughout the box. So that's awesome. No, I definitely, that's, I'm, you have, you've sold me. I'm, I'm going to become a customer. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for letting me dive into this world of, of boxes and stories. And, and that's, uh, yeah, it's been really cool. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so what, uh, we've talked about it a bit, but uh, what do you have going on in your life that you want people to know about? Uh, well, as far as the game goes, um, the the company is called Mad Men and Heroes. And so you can find the games at madmenandheroes.com. And if you want, I can send you the link that will give you the entire year-long schedule for both boxes uh and so other than that in my life uh let's see uh you know it's it's funny because when i started working from home in 2017 um it was you know my my lifestyle was staying at home researching writing so when the lockdown hit at 2020 and everybody started like getting all upset i'm like I don't know. No, nothing's changing for me. So, so yeah, it's you know, it's it's 
gearing up now for the big busy season as the holidays come, because that's definitely the bulk of the sales, and uh, trying to enjoy fall and getting out there and hoping that the leaves turn soon so I can take a car trip and go enjoy that. Absolutely. Well, for anybody listening to this during holiday season, be sure to go get those deals. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tracy, thank you so much for uh, for being on. This has been a blast chatting with you. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I appreciate your time. Okay, thank you.